0: I have no problem calling people, Morris. No no, he's thinking, don't tell me! More! Don't tell me! Bye bye! Bye bye! Are you kidding me? More games. <laughs> Marquez <case. Go>, <laughs> trick me. Just stop what's from the table!
1: Woo-hoo! Some more games trick to stick on my sneaker.
0: Welcome to the Marks of Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine and Dre the Juiceman. another edition of Marks with Mikes. I am your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT the Godfather inside the house once again. And I am joined by my homeboy, homeboy Doug Douglas is inside the house. Say what's up to the people. What's up, everyone?
2: How are all y'all today?
0: And just like promised, just like I said, it will be double or nothing with Definitely one of the most talked about things this past weekend, even this week. And God knows it can keep on going. But we actually have firsthand experience. We have someone that was actually there. And from what I can see, pretty damn good seats. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I bring to you on the Marks and Mites podcast for episode number 68, our guest from No Marks Allowed. This is Antonio. Say what's up to the people.
1: Yeah, what's
0: up? What is good, man? It is definitely good to finally get this podcast on and popping for today. So with that being said, man, we just got to hop into the whole swing of things, man. Double or nothing from what I can see as a fan looking from the outside looking in and just watching through, you know, just either watching people's reactions on Twitter and going back and watching the event myself. What was it like for you? And we're just going to start off with the first topic, StarCast. Well, I actually
1: ain't go to StarCast. I mean, it was Memorial Day weekend and it was just too many beautiful women walking around with nothing on with their ass out. So I was trying to get on them. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't about to sit in line for like three hours just to take a picture with the young bucks. But, you know, I love the young bucks. Don't get me wrong. But, man. Memorial Day weekend, I had a choice. Either wait in the line that's three blocks long to take a picture with the Bucks, or you can go out in Vegas and see a lot of beautiful women and a lot of scenery. So I decided to, you know, hang out on the Strip instead of Starcast.
0: You know what? I dig that, man, and I can respect that decision. Now, had I been, uh, you know, single... I would have definitely been with you, but being married for the past four years, uh, what do we have? Four years, five months and uh, gosh, uh, eight days. It makes it sound like a prison sentence, but you know, I, I definitely would have been with you on that. So now one of the things that came out of Starcast was a lot of talk about Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry. Can't call him that Cody taking shots at Bailey and you know the Bucks taking shots at WWE. Uh, first off, let's just start off with the Bailey comment, and I'm gonna get your opinion first on this, Antonio. Uh, of course, of course, you heard about it and probably seen it on Twitter, Twitter or Instagram. What did you think about the comment when it was when Cody referenced Bailey and talking about Kylie Ray?
1: Um, I don't know. They both uh,
0: weak in the face,
1: so they both need to be talked about as long you know what i'm saying like i didn't really care about what cody had to say i know the young bucks they troll a lot um throughout their being the elite um web vlog on youtube so i'm used to them um you know making fun of wwe and trolling wwe but cody it seems like he just got sour grapes that's all because when you look at it he always complained about his status in wwe but Look at the talent WWE had at the time. I think Hunter was just doing his job because who was he better than um, in WWE at the time to be over?
0: Okay, I I, I couldn't agree with that. Uh, Doug, what
2: what did you think about the comments made towards Bailey? The more that I thought about it, I wasn't even sure if it was directed at her, um, like the like the person, like uh, it almost in hindsight, seemed like uh, especially after uh, Bailey has kind of turned the, the new leaf and is, you know, she's talking about how she ain't going to hug anymore and she's here to defend her championship. I was wondering if it, he was making a shot at them never committing to a character for for the, the life of the character because, you know, Kylie Ray never takes that smile off her face and then Bailey was – you know, doing that in NXT and got over despite the fact that she was doing it. It was like eventually, like you know what, we like you. And then she didn't really commit to it on the WWE and then um, main roster. They made her look way too kid like um, as far as like the shit she was doing and saying. So I don't know if it was a shot at her or the character, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a little different to hear it come out of Cody's mouth because he usually tries to to keep to himself on that kind of stuff.
1: It was a shot at Bailey. <laughs> Believe me, it definitely was a shot at Bailey. Maybe she's the bitch in Rowland. Who
2: knows? I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, it, it could be looked at as a shot. I mean, it could be looked at as sour grace. But at the end of the day, my whole takeaway from the StarCast, um, whole entire um, event, not just to say the whole entire event as a whole, but let, let's just say just with the main three, the Bucks. And of course, Cody uh, you you are hyping up you know your new company and you're having a press conference to me, the only thing that needs to be talked about during the press conference just needs to be a e w it doesn't need to have any references towards the company that quote unquote you're not trying to compete with uh so that's that's just me, but uh, moving on from starcast. One of the hey, Can big- I say
1: one thing about Cody, what he's actually yeah. doing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Low-key, he's reminding people, I used to be in the WWE. You know, for the indies and people coming up and wrestling, their dream is to be in WWE. So that's what Cody has over the you know, the younger people that's in AEW, that he used to be part of WWE, because he can't wrestle a lick. You know what I mean? And before he got with the Young Bucks, he couldn't draw a nickel in Chinese money. So, basically, what Cody has on his agenda or on his resume is that he was in the WWE. So, you probably got one of the least over guys in WWE coming to AEW and acting like he's big shit and, you know, trying to use that to his advantage to move up in the company. Like, I was in the big WWE. But he wasn't too successful in WWE. He stayed there for a million years, and that's how he got paid, and then that's how he was able to walk out. So you gotta really, you know, watch Cody. And and part of my my thing is in my homeboys, we we always expose Cody. He always thought he was better than what he is. So he's gonna take the shots at WWE as much as he can. But it makes him look weak. When the young bucks do it, it's funny because the young bucks can work. They can tear houses down. But when Cody does it, it seems like he's hating.
0: Hmm. You know what? I definitely, definitely agree with that. I can't even, I, I can't even, you know, not even disagree with what you just said. And I've said it sometimes in the past out on this podcast, and I, I'm, I'm just going to pose this quick question bef- before we move on to, to the next topic. And here's my question. If Cody would have never joined the Bullet Club, do you think he would be as over
2: as he is right now in the independents? I don't think he had to join the Bullet Club, but he had to be associated with the people that were considered cool in the other promotions, whether he was part of the actual faction or not. He was rubbing with Omega and Bucks, and that was probably at their peak of their powers at the time. So, I mean, who else would you align yourself with if you're going to go to another company? So, I don't know. I, I, C- Cody's definitely not the best in the ring. I think the Bucks are overrated in the ring. I. Get that, that that's the style that they wrestle and the, the, the audience that they wrestle for likes that style. Um, little shit like when they did that one big spot where uh, I think it was Pentagon was like jumping all over the ropes and shit to, to, to end up uh, Ray Phoenix. Like, Frankenstein Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was Pentagon. But he was jumping all over the ropes. He did the the Frankenstein route, the one dude on the uh, – or one of the other bucks. And then – but, like, Matt Jackson was, like, watching him the whole time. There's just little shit like that where it's, like, I, I forget that it's a fight now. Now you're watching this dude who's about to do this devastating move to both your opponents, and you're not just, like, yanking the dude off the top rope when he's holding your hand. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, so there's certain ways to do those kind of spots, so – I think they're overrated from that side of things, but that being said, the things that always rub me the wrong way with them is just the fact that they rely so much on Suck It and Too Sweet and all that other kind of shit, and they weren't even the first ones to rip it off, so it's like you're a ripoff of the ripoff. Like, Finn Balor and AJ were getting that shit over before you guys were even a thing, so it's like a hand-me-down gimmick, Um, so... I don't know. I've I've definitely come around on them, especially because of all the shit that they've done with AEW and making a promotion for the boys, for the boys kind of thing. So more power to them. If they want to take shots at WWE to to rile up the fan base, I see why they're doing it. I don't know if they're actually trying to take shots, though, because I don't know if they actually have heat. They're probably salty as far as uh, Cody's concerned. About certain things, but I don't know if they actually hate anyone over there. I think they're just you know a little bit bitter about how it went
1: well what, um oh well, what I was about to say about cody um now Cody prior to leaving the WWE, Kevin Owens, this is an interesting backstory, Kevin Owens contacted the Young Bucks and was like, yeah, I got Cody Rhodes. He's coming to try the Indies. I mean, we're good friends, so why don't you guys take care of Cody? Show him the ropes. So that's how he got introduced to the Young Bucks. So when Cody was in the Bullet Club, you know, they had a little angle where he didn't like Kenny Omega and he was trying to, you know, take over the Bullet Club or whatever. But, uh, Cody's the best thing Cody did for his career is uh, replied to a Meltzer treat. One of the fans said, You think Ring of Honor can sell out a 10,000 seat arena? And Cody and Dave Meltzer said no. So Cody right. replied and said, Give me the Bucks in 30 days. And after that, it took off. He didn't say, Give me the Usos in 30 days. He didn't say, Give me GOD in 30 days. He didn't say, Give me Kenny Omega and, you know, <laughs> Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa in 30 days. He didn't say, give me Jay Lethal in 30 days. He said, give me the Bucks in 30 days. So that took off. It actually only took him 30 minutes to sell out. So Cody played his position right, actually. And one thing oh, I, I know. do give the credit to, or I give the elite credit for this. When you get beat up and you get kicked out of the Bullet Club, you know how AJ got kicked out and they whipped his ass? Because he was out of the Bullet Club. They did the same thing um, with Finn Balor, too. When you get jumped out of the Bullet Club, you're not in Bullet Club no more. It's not for you to go to WWE and make OGBC shirts and dick ride NJPW. You're not Bullet Club. Once you get your ass whooped, you're not Bullet Club. And the elite stuck with that. He said, when a Jericho cruise, he said, this group is not the elite no more. I mean, I'm sorry, he said, this group is not the Bullet Club no more. And that's how it should be. Once they whoop your ass and jump you, you're not Bullet Club no more. Once you are a New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're not Bullet Club. So WWE is doing the most by having people say too sweet and coming out with OCBC shirts. So you want to put a cease and desist of too sweet, but you're doing OGBC when your members ain't even in the Bullet Club no more. So that's why I, I like the elite, because they're real on that. They're sticking to the... But um, as your question, um, Cody Rhodes would not be as over as uh, he would if he wasn't with the Bullet Club. I mean, he lost his title to Dalton
0: Castle, Colleen. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're definitely right about that. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's one of the things that that I, I definitely agree upon, because he had a he had a short run in TNA and it was lackluster to 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 say the the least it was just lack, lackluster and uh it wasn't wasn't until he joined the the bullet club until he got that big steam behind his name and this is just my my opinion and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, uh, other's opinions and uh, who who frequently follow professional wrestling and uh you know the independents but not to get hung up too much on Cody Rhodes cuz we're going to come back to him later uh Let's talk about one of the big surprises now, Antonio. You were there. What was the atmosphere far as Awesome Kong coming out once Brandy, once Brandy Rhodes uh, announced announced uh, Awesome Kong, Awesome Kong coming out?
1: Well, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was charging my phone that match, but when she did um, announce Awesome Kong, she got a pop. But I'm like, okay, she got a pop. But if she would have announced anybody, it would have got a pop because it was a surprise entrance. I don't know what's so special about Austin Kong. She's just a big lady, so she should be able to throw people around. So the pop would have been there if Trish Stratus, Tori Wilson, or anybody would have came out because it was unexpected. But I don't see anything that I cared that she was there, really, because I was charging my phone at match. And like I said before, um, I felt like I talked to you um, inbox too about the joey Janella being on the battle royal and jimmy havoc being the battle royal them being wasted in that battle royal but they put matches like this on the main card which didn't make sense so i really didn't care about that match but like i said awesome kong did get a pop but i'll put an aster-
0: asterisk around that because anyone would have got a pop because it, it was unexpected Okay, you know what? I I would have to agree with that because, I mean, it's, it's the first pay-per-view, so it, you're right. Anyone that does come out, is it's, it's going to be shock factor. I mean, and re, re-watching her coming out, it was a pop. Uh, it, it was the first time that people have seen Awesome Kong on a pay-per-view level in years. I mean, just think about it. The last known pay-per-view that she was at that she actually wrestled, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, and listeners, if I am wrong, send it to at Marks with Mike's on Twitter or Instagram. Well, do Twitter because I'm barely on Instagram as it is, or, or at least I'm not posting anything. Put it that way. But uh, I, I think the last time that we did see her at a major pay-per-view uh, had had to be the, the Royal Rumble for WWE, where, where she eliminated a couple people. But... uh you know, I thought I thought it was a good, you know, a definitely good surprise to see Austin awesome Kong back inside the ring, being that she's acting right now with the hit series glow and they're getting ready to film season three, if I'm not mistaken on that either. Uh, Doug, what did you think about Austin awesome Kong's return to the pay-per-view?
2: Put it that way. Uh, Austin awesome Kong is awesome. So I, I a little pop for that. That was uh, that was cool to see her there. But, you know. Like, like you guys are saying, you know, I, uh, uh, short from a uh, complete unknown, you were probably gonna be able to this pop damn near anyone coming out. Um, she's a great candidate. I mean, added a little bit of spice to the match. There was kind of a uh, an imbalance with the, the three that they had kind of had in there. They kind of needed uh, someone else in the mix, so I think turn it into a, a four way with her, help the match, but. Uh, you know, the, the first uh, few matches kind of drug on a little bit too much for me. You know, I know that uh, it's not uncommon in the indies, especially in, like, the first match to try to steal the show, and every match after, just basically work at the same work rate and all that kind of stuff, but um, I don't know. The, the, didn't really grip me, the, the match itself, as much as I would probably have hoped, but then again, I don't know them that well. Um... But yeah, I, don't know if she's, I doubt that she's going to be a, a fixture in the promotion. So it's like another one of those things that, you know, yeah, the pay-per-view is sweet, but, you know, they, they're not going to do that again. You know, so you know, it's just going to go to the weekly stuff and they'll figure out that. So we, we're we still trying to figure out what AEW is going to be on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah. One I mean, thing I like to say is, like,
1: about that card... Like, why the hell would you put Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc in the Battle Royal? Some of their best work is outside of the ring, and in the Battle Royal, if you're outside of the ring, you lose. So, what did it make sense? And I, I talked to Joey Janela about this. He replied on my stories. I had a meme saying, Joey Janela um, and Jimmy Havoc headline WrestleMania weekend and. Wimley Stadium and tore down All In with Hangman, but you put him in a battle royal on the pre-show, and it had the Nick Young face on it. So Joey Janella, you know, he inboxes me and puts his hands up like shrugs. Like, you know, he don't know what's, what, what's going on. You, you know what I mean? Like, and I blame that on Cody's book. <laughs> Matt Jackson wouldn't do that. Matt Jackson booked the whole All In, and it was a banging show. And Joey Janela was going against Hangman. It was one of the best matches I have seen other year because they used the Kraton bear on everything. So only, so I'm feel like, Cody is like kind of buried a young talent and putting him and Jimmy Havoc on the Battle Royal because I did nothing for battle, the Battle Royal. And then you bring Hangman out. Everybody knew Hangman was gonna win. You see what I'm saying? So they just wasted them. And the and the two matches they put on the main card. I don't know who the hell that was fighting. After the women's match, do you know those two guys that wrestled? Any of you guys that wrestled after the women's match? Uh,
0: Sammy, Sammy
1: Garva. No, Sammy Garva wrestled on the prelims. After. Oh
0: yeah, that's right, that's
1: right. Yeah, but it was a match right after the women's match, before the Cody Dustin match. Do you know who that was? It was actually two matches
0: before that. Uh no no I, I don't know a lot of a lot of people to that card I wasn't too familiar with I mean but besides, besides the main staples of, of of the names that you already knew either from a uh either from the indies or former WWE guys
1: and another
0: another match they put on the main card that was stupid when they could have had Hapik and
1: Joey wrestle on the main card they had this hot smoke show Chinese chick in a triple threat with two other Chinese chicks. And one of them was fat and bald-headed, and I don't remember the other one. But I'm like, you put this shit on the main card and did not put Joey Janela versus Havoc on the main <laughs> card and stuck them in the battle royal. Now, if Cody ain't booked that, I can see Matt saying, okay, can you do me a favor with short on star power on this battle royal, so why don't you and Havoc do this? Knowing that they're not good enough to be the first AEW number one contender. So everybody already knew that was saying, oh, Hangman is saying he hurt, he can't wrestle. But I think he's going to come in anyway. You know what I mean? So everybody knew Hangman was coming in. So I just felt like you know, the booking was not not as good as All In. And I know they didn't have the resources All In had, but I mean, they could have made it as good as All In if Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela wrestled a singles on the main card. Instead of sticking two people that headline WrestleMania shows, I went to WrestleMania and G1 Supercard. You know the ticket I couldn't get a, a, a ticket to? Joey Janela's Spring Break. What the hell is he wrestling on the pre card for? Him or Havoc. Havoc headline MLW against um, Tom Lawyer, Lawyer in a bloody match. Anything goes. So you put them in the Battle
0: Royal. You know that.
1: You're not
0: gonna win. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. I mean Joey Joey Janella is uh he's box office de- definitely in the Indies. He's de- he's definitely box office. I've I've had the pleasure of seeing Joey Janella wrestle live here in Cleveland. I've had the, the pleasure of seeing uh Havoc wrestle. Uh I I I just think uh I definitely agree with the point of having them inside the Battle Royal, but I I I can see why You know, because the the, the lack of star power, kind of like what you said, but at the at the same time, you're right. They they were to me. I would have I would have took that six woman tag match and put that on the pre show, and try try to make a match with Joey Janela and Havoc. So I agree on that. Uh, But but to move. Hold on, on, one more thing before you go. You know what happened? The
1: geniuses at AEW put that battle royal as the first match on the pre-card, and it was like 4,000 people that didn't see it because they was trying to get in line. I don't know if they didn't know the East Coast time difference, but people in the MGM Grand Arena, it's only one entrance. So it's, it's only one entrance to the arena. So you know how you go to other arenas? You can come in gate B, gate A, gate E. No, you go through the hotel and come in one entrance, which is crazy. I don't know how they do it for the UFC because I know the UFC have prelims and no one comes. So everybody comes in the paid pay-per-view matches. But, yeah, so that was another dumb thing they did. So when everybody got in, they was in the middle of Sammy Guevara, Chip um, Sabian, man. So, yeah, good job, Cody, for booking that battle royal.
0: <laughs> well, I definitely, yeah, I mean, as as a fan, I definitely would have been pissed. But at the same time, that, that, that was kind, kind of sort of the problem that people were having WrestleMania week. Far as getting getting into the stadium, but let's be honest, no no one really really pays attention to the pre show, uh especially especially if it's not not you know the the main card. But at the but at the same time, you know you you have people inside that battle royal like MJF, who I think you know would have been a nice contender uh for number one because he's he, he's great on the mic and he lives and breathes his character. I mean. If you if you ever had the chance to talk to MJF outside of the ring, he is MJF outside and inside. The asshole that you see on camera is the same asshole that you will see off camera. And that is no disrespect, no shot towards him. It's more so of a compliment. Uh, but I, de- I definitely agree with that. Now, the next thing I wanted to mention on the card, uh, not the card, but so, so far of uh, what we're talking about. Um, do you think that it was too many shots? And when I say by too many shots, I'm speaking of Cody smashing the throne of quote unquote Triple H uh, with the sledgehammer. And I'm gonna go to Doug first on this, and then I'm gonna get your 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 opinion on this as well, Antonio. So Doug, that that whole that whole entire smashing of the
2: throne, what did you think of it? So if you want to give some sort of moment like that for symbolic purposes to the fans that are just, I mean, you go on Twitter, everyone is just waiting to just trash WWE. They, they almost can't do anything right right now. Even if they do something okay, it's like, all right, well, we expect that out of you. And they should be held to that standard because they're WWE. So, But it when you're sending the message that you don't want to compete, over and over, and then all of a sudden, Moxley shows up, and everything is war. This war, that we want a war. It, it's I don't. It, they're sending mixed signals, so it's like I don't know what. I don't know if it's Cody the man talking when they say they really don't want a war, and then when the the, the gimmick's on, it's okay, we want a war, Um but as soon as that fucking sledgehammer hit the thing and it broke the way that it did where it broke compared to where he hit it. And then that corny ass smoke came out. (laughs) They could have just done it better. That's, that's kind of my, like I've had five days of digested opinion. If they were going to do something like that, I mean, it looked straight out of like 1998, the undertaker's coffin opening, like kind of smoke. It was 20 years old pyro, like, (laughs) The, the he hit the fucking seat of the throne, but yet the back part of the throne broke off. I don't know. It was just one of those things where you're, it, it was like a try hard moment. Like you're, you're trying real hard to, to, to make a moment and a lot of people reacted to it. And it's almost one of those things too, where because of the fact that it didn't, I mean, it had mixed opinions. It was, it was almost, it, it proved why you should do it because it got so many people talking. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anyone is gonna take that seriously or as like a oh, vogue. I mean, there's plenty of people who did. But I mean, sitting here like, okay, yeah, you, you, you aren't killing the attitude era. You aren't killing Triple H. You aren't killing WWE. But uh, that was cool and all. Just go have your match now. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: Tony. What, what what did you think about it?
1: Man, the chair ain't even break, and it's funny because um. I was at the concession stand again charging my phone. I didn't know that it matches the on. Yeah, I the match. You know, I wanted <laughs> to get the phone ready for the overboys. You know what I mean? Uh, I the know. main and the co-main. But um, yeah, uh, so once he grabbed the sledgehammer, everyone's body got a pop. So we're looking at it on this flat screen at the concession stand, and when he hits the chair, it's a guy with a macho man shirt. On saying what a deck, and that's how I felt too, man. It's like Triple H is a Hall of and He's one of the best wrestlers WWE had, and some people hate on his reign of terror. But Triple H compared to Cody, it's just you sound like a hater. And like I said before, who were you better than when you were there? Triple H is just doing his job. So it got the pop from the crowd. It got the pop from the anti WWE guys, but the guys like us that watch everything. It's just like um, DT said, it was kind of like a dick move and the chair didn't break either all the way. You could still sat on it. So you could have did a better
0: job with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, for, for, for some, some of the fans, you know, they, they were going all crazy and some of them compared it to this. Oh, my what? But at the same time, uh, at no way, shape, and form, I didn't think that it was a hit em up moment. You know, it was it wasn't Tupac going go, going to war with Bad Boy type of moment for me. To me, it was more so like 50 Cent trolling ja Rule. because it's not like it's it's not like you killed the career of the WWE, but the the fact that you've been trolling WWE for the last two years, it's like okay, I kind of expect this out of you. And it's getting kind of corny, you know i mean just just watching fifty cent still troll draw rule in twenty nineteen it's kind of it's that that's that's exactly how exactly how I feel about Cody doing that spot. It was like all right we we get it we we get it man I mean okay, you were unhappy when you worked there, you didn't like your position and to and to me, it just sounds like a pissed off ex employee or or playing, right? yeah yeah or 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 a piss of or pissed off ex ex girlfriend like oh well well you're you're gonna miss me when I'm gone just watch what I do like you know th- that was like that that was the type of vibe that that I got from it and to move the move to to the next point uh, uh, hold you, on before you, you before
1: you move to the next point um I just wanted to say I got another twist on how Triple H reacted oh go ahead you want to hear that. Yeah, Remember when Jay Z? So this is Triple H after seeing that. Remember Jay Z was like, "I'm about a dollar. What the fuck is fifty cent?
0: <laughs> exactly, and that, that 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 right there would have would have definitely been Triple H's reaction. Is like, come on, man. Like I'm I'm a bona fide Hall of Famer. I'm a 14 time uh, heavy heavyweight champion. I've wrestled some of the greatest. Is like you smashing a hypothetical throne the shape, the shape into one of the, one of the symbols that I use. I mean, that's really not saying anything to me, but kind of like what you said and what Doug said, the, for, for, for the wrestling fans that were just so anti WWE, it's like, Oh yes. Oh God. Yeah. That'll do it. That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about before, <laughs> be, before the guys who were like, you know, watch wrestling it's like, man, all right. Okay.
2: But, to, to that well, next point here's your here's, here's your hip-hop go you ahead want to put a little hip-hop analogy in here i think i got it because go you ahead. got the, the, the young up-and-comer who's still relatively young he's not a spring chicken but he's still relatively young compared to a triple a he's got talent he knows how to do things but he's going up against one of the goats so it's mgk and eminem like you you did okay, kid, but you're fucking with one of the best. Like, so just have a seat, just
0: sit down. Exactly. The time. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, definitely, oh, JP, definitely. can
1: I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Do you think he should be throwing personal shots to somebody he can't beat in the shoot?
2: Great <laughs> <laughs> uh, like question. Man. Like you you did okay, kid, but you're fucking with one of the best. Like, so just have a seat. Just, just sit down. Exactly. Is <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: exactly. Like definitely, oh, JP, definitely.
1: Can I ask you a question?
2: Yeah, sure. Do
1: you think he should be throwing personal shots to somebody he can't beat in the shoot? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think so. I mean, a, a a wise man told me a long time ago: don't write a check that your ass can't che- that ass can't cash. Like, I actually
1: think Shane can beat up uh, Cody in the shoe. I think Cody is like that spoiled adopted kid because you know that's not his real dad, Dusty Rhodes. Um, and Cody said that he was like, I, I I didn't know the guy that did this and that. Dusty was my father, so I don't think he got that 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 down south funk that Dustin and. Dusty ass. Yeah. So I think like I think Shane will beat his ass. Because I know Shane be boxing. He do a lot of shit. He wear the Jordans. I think Shane will book
2: Cody in the face.
1: Do y'all think so too?
2: He's oh, supposed to be doing that Muay Thai shit and everything. So that's, man. That, that gets me on like a whole nother tangent about Shane trying to throw some fucking shoot punches <laughs> in wrestling.
1: <laughs> oh, he beat the man's and his dad up twice.
2: Yeah. I got all the like I love Shane. I I don't I'm not one of the people that get pissed when he's still around. I I see his purpose. I like Shane being out there. It's much better than Stephanie in my opinion cuz at least he can get his ass kicked every once in a while. Exactly.
0: But no, no way, no way shaping for him Cody is is winning a shoot fight between him and Triple H is it, it, is not happening. Now Cody did mention that I'm here to kill the attitude era as part of his promo. Versus Dustin, because, of course, we can't say Dustin Rhodes. Now, the match itself was a pretty damn good match. And Dustin pulling off moves like he was in his 20s. I mean, he he looked great. He looked phenomenal. It's uh, for 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 a guy that is damn, damn near 50, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, he they, they definitely look look good inside the match. A lot of blood, a lot of references to the Stone Cold moment when Stone Cold was was inside the sharpshooter and, and was bleeding and all that. But after the match was said and done, they, they had an emotional moment, and it was very emotional. Like, I can feel it just watching, and I know the crowd can feel it being there. But the question lies, did he kill the Attitude Arrow? Uh, no, he didn't. Um, what he did
1: was... Uh... Actually, did an old-fashioned WWE match. Got good storytelling and and get and got you vested in your emotions for the few weeks for the climax to that match. But he did not kill the attitude era with that match. I mean, I could say, well, I don't know if we're gonna talk, about it, but I know the match that did kill the attitude era. Or, well, matter of fact, you can't kill the attitude era because it's gone, and it was one of the best heroes in history. It's not the best era in history, but you can't kill the attitude era. Not when you had the Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? You had so many good workers, mankind. I mean, you can't kill the attitude era. Especially with the mop like Cody Road. So I mean, no. They didn't kill the attitude
2: there. This is a good example too of like what they were talking about, like or what people were talking about afterwards, where, you know, they were pulling up, like, Cody's, uh, you know, release letter and shit like that where he was talking about how, you know, Triple H said that Cody versus Dustin wouldn't be a, a, a main event of WrestleMania because it wouldn't be because the blood made half that match and you can't do that at WrestleMania because WrestleMania is PG. So he was technically right when he said we can't make this to the level that you can make it on another promotion because this is our product, and this is how it works. So, if you need your brother to squirt out fucking five gallons of blood over the course of 20 minutes, we can't do that here. I don't even know if he meant to gash himself that much, because, holy fuck. It was... I, I don't mind blood, but it was... Like, every time he rolled over his left side, you just see it pouring, 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 pouring. And he had to roll over. Like, dude, you're, you have to make the match. Don't roll on that side. So... I thought it was an awesome match, I mean, obviously there's plenty of undertones there. there's you know you know uh real life big brother looking at real life little brother proud of him and his new promotion there's the the in ring thing where they're you know two brothers fighting for you know sense of pride, so there's plenty of overtones there, plenty of storytelling it was it was fucking awesome i mean any anything I'm saying is nitpicking it because it really was really good, okay, okay.
1: So you think Cody Rhodes is the Tom McGee at AEW, Dustin Rhodes make them look good, everybody on the roster make them look good?
2: No, and I don't think that that's the way that they'll go, and they shouldn't because that's not sustainable as far as how old they are and where they are in the company and stuff like that. I mean... There, there's there's plenty of things that they could fuck up on the way to being, you know, competing with WWE and that's definitely one of them if they book themselves too strongly people will eventually shit on them for it because that's how it works
1: well so, Cody no, Rhodes no. and Dustin, they can wrestle those matches where the work is not as good as the Bucks or Okada and Kenny and Jericho but you got that emotion and in the, in the storytelling and that makes for that's... a good match my question that's... is can Cody do that with everyone
2: yeah. I, I I don't know. That That's a great question. Because I I strongly prefer the type of match that they had as opposed to a, a crazy workhorse one. And it's not that I don't like those matches, especially if they do slow down at parts to, to make sure that they sell the right things and all that kind of shit. But as far as... Integrating that out of the ring element to you know what you made that promo package or leading to the fight, like getting all that mixed into what you're doing in the ring, they did that flawlessly. So that's well, again, that's one of those things I was talking about though that they can only do that once. And you know, so it, as much as it was really good and they put on like you can't knock that pay per view as a whole, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like you still didn't show me how this is going to lead to what you guys are going to do. And they're probably still going to be doing that over the course of these, uh, you know, uh, remember the fallen and whatever other events that they've got in between now and the fall. So, I mean, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, the match itself and in a vacuum was fucking awesome.
0: Definitely have to agree with that. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, we already mentioned them earlier. During, during the ending of the Jericho-Omega match, which you were there, of course, ringside, what was the atmosphere like when Moxley came into the arena? Because I, I actually watched your video, and he, he damn near knocked you over. Oh, yeah, he
1: did. It was crazy. Like, I'm hearing the crowd erupt, so they see him before me. So that means that he's coming through the stands or wherever he's coming from. He's not coming from the main entrance. So I get my phone, and I record the last little bit as he's coming towards me, and then he's right there. And I just went to the side, and then he ran up in the ring and confronted Jericho. So I didn't want to record the whole moment because I know people probably didn't see it. You know what I mean? So I didn't record, you know, the DDT and everything. I stopped there because just in case People wanted to watch it later or whatever, or on the replay. So I didn't do that. I wanted to see that part myself. But, yo, that crowd erupted. And it's funny because we all knew that John Moxley might come. We just didn't know when. And when he came, yo, he handled business. He broke Kenny Omega off something kind of proper. Um, I think he busted his nose. I don't know if he busted his nose when he uh, DDT'd him on the poker chips or when he Need them the second time to put them over the shoulder and slam them off the poker chips onto the floor. So I don't
0: know when Kenny Omega's nose got broke. It definitely got broke. Oh yeah, there's no question about that. That that nose is broken. Uh, I know. I know. Just watching from home, and just just watching a lot, a lot of the the Twitter videos of people that were there, and just just hearing Jr. say, John Moxley. It's Sean Moxley. It's like, you know, it, to, to me, um, it was great. I mean, it, it, it was great. It kind of, and here's, here, here's my comparison to, to him coming down through the crowd. It reminded me of a mixture of Scott Hall and DDP coming through the crowd.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was crazy.
0: Um.
2: Uh, to, to yeah, me mean, yeah. from the, the spot. so like if if you bought seats in WWE in a certain part of the arena thinking that you might see the shield I mean if you bought the same ones tonight thinking that you might see Ambrose come out of the same spot that's I mean that's where they what. Right. so I like that they did that and it's the same spot that Scott Hall came out of because it's on the camera side so they want to be able to see that shit um DDP is my boy. That was my first favorite. As a, so, anything that reminds me of DDP is our and Moxley's. I really like Moxley too. He's one of the people that got me back into wrestling when uh, when the Shield split up and they were kind of pushing him as that you know crazy dude. So um, yeah, it was a good shit. Definitely I used was. to
0: love the show. When
2: you
1: didn't know. I used to love the show when you didn't know if they was heels. Or face, and they just used to come fuck shit up, and they never said anything. That was when the shit was at its best. I'm telling you, that shit was so over.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, the Shield, as a as a faction, far yeah. as WWE history, not overall, not overall wrestling history, but uh, WWE history, they're they're definitely one of the, the top three factions. I mean, hands down. Uh, but. Uh, Here's 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 my imposing question: When it does come to John Moxley, when it does come to Chris Jericho with this with this new finisher, his sixth move of doom or whatever, um, and just just the overall thing of well, we're not here to compete. We don't want to be like WWE. This is this is what I'm going to break it down to, and, and this is just basically what it gets down to. Uh, your whole entire main card. And this this even goes down to the to the ring announcer, to commentary, to everything, to, to the referee. Your whole entire main card consisted of X WWE talent. Like,
1: well, you can say it was X WCW talent, X ECW talent, ex CZW talent, What you got to understand is WWE don't rule professional <laughs> WWE, when WCW, you know, the you know when WCW went out of business, WWE had a ten year run without serious competition. That's equivalent to like you know what I mean. Let me give you a business, whatever you do, and give you a ten year head start when ain't nobody doing it. You would be a billionaire too. So he had a ten year head start. So now. You got toys that's coming out of Ric Flair stinging Lex Luger and they're saying WWE on him. No, Ric Flair is WCW NWA. That's what we want to remember him for. Like When Ted Turner gave up on wrestling, he really hurt wrestling because Vince McMahon monopolized everything. So now people don't remember the ECW Jericho or the CCW John Moxley. And you're saying that the card was WWE stars. But you know what I mean? WWE don't own wrestling. That's what I'm talking about. Like John Moxley and Chris Jericho, they did well in WWE, but they just ain't want to do the same bullshit in WWE like the bullshit matches, is. They recognize that the best wrestling is in New Japan, AEW, and Ring of Honor. When Jericho came back to wrestling, he wanted to do something with Kenny Omega, not because he was gonna make a thick load of money, but as a worker and a performer, he was the best, and that was the best wrestling. Chris Jericho went on record numerous times out of his own mouth and saying that Young Bucks changed the whole business. Like, he gave the Young Bucks his response. It's like 10 interviews where he said that. So um, you should hold off on you saying that, you know, that the main event were WWE people. Because they did, they did, they were in the WWE, but John Moxley wasn't in the WWE. Um, right. It was... It was uh, yeah, but... It- Ambrose, yeah, so like, and they're, they're not trying to be like WWE. Look at the strong style matches, all those people in that arena love the in ring work, and I feel like it's a new era. And just like when WWE fell off against WCW, who did they copy off? They copied off ECW with the attitude era, started having chicks stripped down and do stuff, unless they want to go bankrupt, which they probably never do. But once if they want to continue losing. Keep doing what they're doing. If they want to win, they need to copy AEW now, like just like they copied ECW. Bring up Adam Cole, bring up Gargano, bring up Matt Riddle, and go indie on indie. Because these you can't write these big monster bums over. No one wants to see them no more. You see what I'm saying? And if you get bad ratings and bad product, you still make money. The WWE is like the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets. You know what I mean? The Brooklyn Nets before they made the playoffs. You know, the Phoenix Suns, they suck ass, but they're still going to make money because of TV deals and diehard fans. You live in Cleveland. How long has the Browns sucked But everybody came to them games year after year and sold out? I'll Am I wrong? <laughs>
0: yeah. Listen, I, I would
2: give you that. You can make
1: well, money with a bad product.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. I think I'll- there's something to be said, though, about the fact that no one knew who the fuck John Moxley was until he became Dean Ambrose. As far as outside of the wrestling community, you know, well, if it, AEW it, actually it, wants to be on the WWE level or they want to keep the ratings up on TNT, they need a John Moxley. They need a Chris Jericho. They need people that they recognize from the other channel. So... Moxley wouldn't have had that impact if he would have came in from ring of honor or new Japan or anywhere else besides WWE. So as much as it shouldn't be a knock to say that there was ex WWE guys in there. I mean, I get why people say that. And and there is a point to be made, but you know, at the same time too, there's also the point to be made about the fact that they did get a bunch of exposure and Ambrose was one of the top faces for X amount of years. So, he definitely is bringing name recognition, and that's that's awesome for the product. I don't think WWE needs to do what AEW does. I think they need to be better at what they do, and they need to start integrating more of the NXT stuff, and because the NXT stuff can hit a global market in a way that AEW can't and the way that WWE can't by integrating the best of both worlds. We need the NXT model to the front, I still think you need your big guys. I still think you need your, you know, it's got to be a variety show. It, it is a global thing. It's not for just us diehards and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, they're off to a good start. I mean, for, for what they are saying that they want to be, which is just an alternative, they're on the perfect track for that, but they yeah. definitely have a chance to make WWE do shit that they don't want to do and, make them act accordingly because they're already doing it. But I think WWE is always looking to evolve if you kind of look at the history. So I don't really hate a lot of WWE shit either. So it's just lately they've been struggling.
1: So let me ask you a question. If the WWE continues to be bad, would you still continue to watch it every week or would you just not watch it sometimes?
2: I don't consider it bad. Okay. What about you, JC? You consider it bad?
0: When I when I line it up compared to what made me vested into WWE, and you, you gotta understand, I mean, I've been watching WWE ever since it was WWF before the Attitude Era. So when I when, so when I look at the product today, it's not it's not as bad as people are are making out to be, but but the thing is the attitude era it's what is what people want again you know the the ruthless aggression slash attitude era is is what they want again and people do not want to too much see the 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 WWF new new generation style of product that they're putting on if that can answer and, the the question
1: okay and let me um say this one thing about WWE now the people that's called doing the most complaining about WWE saying it's bad is WWE fans. Like I I don't watch it, so I can't say that it's bad, but just hearing from WWE fans and then the, the journalists, they saying it's really bad. So with that being said, I just don't even watch it because I don't want to watch something of just the barriers. So now they lost Ronda Rousey because she's starting a family and they don't have any heat in the women's division no more. Now they, lost, they got Brock Lesnar back, but the, they can't, no one like him. And then when they say they're bringing The Undertaker back, someone that's forever over, you got people complaining. And I feel like someone wants to see The Undertaker. That's why they're bringing him back. I don't believe all this old man in the wheelchair memes people are putting up. But I believe somebody wants to see The Undertaker. But like I said, the WWE's biggest problem is they did not build any new stars. So the people are sick of seeing the same thing people used to watch all three new japan ring of honor and wwe but now when you got options and don't have to watch wwe who automatically don't lose those viewers because they like everything but wwe has been so bad they're just gonna watch the new japan they're gonna watch the ring of Honor. but the wwe fans they're gonna continue to watch it and complain about it and then it's getting to the point where now they stop buying tickets. The stock's going down. They're booing. They're shouting AEW in the audience. It's just like their own is turning on them. You see what I'm saying? I mean, and did yeah, you guys wrestling fans
2: before, too? Because they're, they're they're still watching WWE. Uh, that that's their main problem. Because th- this is the the main thing that I get into arguments with people on Twitter about is. If you really, truly think that this product is not for you, then don't watch it. Like you said, like I don't watch it. But there's people that will talk about how, you know, AEW did this, and then I'll never watch WWE again, but they're tweeting every Monday and Tuesday night about Raw and SmackDown. Or they're posting these fucking... I know this will go viral type comments like, can't we all just get along? AEW and WWE fans can, can like their own thing and it's all fine. And, and that's good. But then you have uh, every WWE Facebook post flooded with, AEW, bro, change the world. And so, like, AEW fans are being obnoxious, number one. And for someone like me who wants to legitimately enjoy both products, it's very difficult right now. Because anything that I say that's not sucking AEW off, I'm being a hater. And anything that is WWE and I find, like, I actually like that. That wasn't bad. Like, Money in the Brock. Brock doing the boombox. I fucking love it. Most people seem to like it. But then there's still people out there that, like, the, the second that it's on TV, they're like, oh, what the fuck is this? They see everyone's reaction. And then because everyone wants to fit in with everyone. Within 10 minutes, they're tweeting, well, you know, it's not that bad. You know, it's actually kind of growing on me. Everyone has knee-jerk reactions. They need to calm the fuck down. That's why there can't be any long-term storybooking in WWE, because any little fucking thing that happens that people shit on, someone at WWE is saying people are shitting on this, and then Vince is like, well, then let's scrap it, y'all. And then they go to something fucking else. So people need to look at it more objectively. Journalists need to calm down, too. Because they have a responsibility to be unbiased, supposedly, and they're not being unbiased. If you want to say that you don't particularly like this, that's fine. But like you were saying, there's people in Saudi Arabia that have never seen The Undertaker. That's the whole reason The Undertaker is going to Saudi Arabia. They need a draw for that show. And there's plenty of people in Saudi Arabia who haven't seen The Undertaker 50 times because uh, Raw came through their town five times a year. So... There's a different fucking audience for WWE and people just can't accept that. It's not just for the 500,000 hardcore diehard wrestling fans. It's supposedly for billions of people around the world. So it's never going to cater to diehard fans exclusively. It will never happen. If you're waiting for it to happen, just go watch AEW. And supposedly, if you, from what everyone is telling me, that's the better product anyway. So just go fucking enjoy it and leave us WWE people alone in the middle of Raw instead of shitting on everything. It sounds dumb. <laughs> and every other week, just bitching that you watch the show. And then this dude the other day talks about how, uh, let me post the video of me DVRing through the entire Raw. The things that I laugh at on, and pop for on Raw are little one-liners from like Corey Graves on commentary or a little something that someone does in the middle of an in-ring match. You can't see that if you're fast-forwarding it. You're not even trying to like it. You're just being an asshole. Just save everyone else the time and watch the other products. I'm well, I tried to up. like it. <laughs> Why well, tried to like WWE,
1: but it's hard because one thing you WWE isn't like is just don't on shit on it. Just don't shit on. It. Don't
2: shit on my good time because you don't like It's my point.
1: Yeah, I agree with it, but it's mostly WWE fans that shitting on their own product. You know what I mean? Me as an AEW fan, I don't post. When was the last thing I posted anything WWE? JT on my page? The last three weeks,
0: uh, I don't see it. WrestleMania. Not, WrestleMania. That that was it. And
1: that was what? In April six, April 7th? That was like a month. That was the last thing I posted because I don't watch it. But the thing is, WWE is not wrestling. It's sports entertainment. When they do press. They tell ESPN, they tell Fox, they tell Newsweek, do not say wrestling. Say sports entertainment. Do not I'll say wrestlers. Hold on, hold on. on. They say do not say wrestlers. Say superstars. So, they yeah. don't have wrestlers. Whether you Becky Lynch or No Way Hosea, you're a superstar. So, when you're when you're in entertainment, if the movies suck, they don't complain about it. They're going to compl- complain about it. And when the stuff is good, they're going to like it. The thing about the WWE is they don't have any star power. You ask anybody that don't watch wrestling who Becky Lynch is, the most popular girl, they don't know who the fuck she is. You ask anybody who Seth Rollins is, they don't know who the fuck they is. You ask anybody walking down the street in any hood car mechanic shop or barbershop or nail salon who Chris Jericho is, they know who Chris Jericho is because they either see them dancing with the stars, Fozzie, or wrestling. That's what or- WWE's problem is. They're treating everybody like a superstar. When I went to the SmackDown Thursday... Um, nights, when I went to the SmackDown a thousand episode, they introduced the announce team. So when they walk out, and Corey Graves is looking in the air for a pop with the other guys, no one's popping for you, bum ass dudes. And another thing that's so terrible about WWE is the fucking commentary. All yes. three of the people, are, yes, all three of them is trying to outdo each other. Shut the fuck up. The product is a piece of shit. If I if I used to watch stuff when the if I used to watch this shit on DVR, now I don't even watch it. This shit is bad. Now you you might be I can't sway everybody to stop watching WWE, but as a wrestling fan that grew up with and know that I got options for WWE is some shit. Now, now when I didn't have cable, all, all I watched was WWF. So when I went to my friend's house, his grandmother had WCW, NWA, with Sting, Freebirds, WCW. I liked the wrestling. Rick Flair looked like a real bad dude with a suit talking down on the people. Sting looked like a superhero. He looked like a fucking terrorist. It looked real. So I was like, do you like Hulk Hogan? His grandmother was like,
0: Hulk
1: Hogan? I ain't no wrestling. That's bullshit. So I would always sneak over his head house and try to be at his house to watch 605 rest on TV. So, so I've been liking all promotions ever since I had options that was better
0: than WWE, WWE. All right. Well, the predictions for NXT are coming up. NXT 25. Very great card. Very good matches. You got Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Part 2. For the NXT Championship, you also have the tag team championships, which were vacated by the Viking Viking Warriors or the War War Raiders or the Viking Raiders, whatever their name are. Uh, you have that match going on. You have the Undisputed Era. You have uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. You also have the team of the Forgotten Sons and the Street Populists inside this Fatal Four Way tag team. I'm sorry. Fatal four way ladder match for the for the NXT championship, and let's not forget also on this card you have Io Shirai versus arguably one of the best female heel uh, wrestlers, period. Shayna Baszler. If you haven't seen Shayna Baszler wrestle wrestle in the Indies, you definitely missed her wrestling. But in NXT, it's just as uh, ruthless. Uh, you have the Team Dream versus Tyler Breeze, which is going to be an awesome match because Tyler Breeze has returned back home to NXT. So with that being said, I'm going to throw my predictions out very quickly. Uh, when it comes down to Breeze versus Team Dream, I don't know if Velveteen Dream is going to get called up so quickly. So I'm going to say the Dream retains. Uh, does Tyler Breeze need a win? Maybe. Uh, when it does come down to the tag team match, I see the undisputed era actually winning the tag team championships. Uh, another match that I didn't mention was Roger strong versus the king of bros, uh, the original bro, Matt Riddle. Now that match, I believe will go in the direction of the undisputed era with some interference. That's just what I feel. Uh, Matt Riddle, he's already lost one takeover. Losing another one really is not going to hurt him because he's Matt Riddle. I mean, you know, Matt Matt Riddle's going to be great for years to come, so I, I honestly do not see that being an issue. Now, I would I would say for the next match, I want to predict the women's match uh, between Shayna Baszler and EO Shirai. I have Shayna Baszler mm. retaining because I just think She's gonna hold the NXT Women's Championship all the way possibly up until the SummerSlam uh takeover. And when it does come down to the main event of Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, I have Adam Cole gaining the NXT Championship because of the simple fact that Johnny Gargano is hurt and this this is definitely some time from him for him to rest uh what do you think about it doug far as the nxt uh nxt 25 takeover card just give me your predictions
2: uh riddle going over i don't think strong needs anything he's protected with undisputed so um i i think street profits get the win because there seem to be the team that's getting pushed the most and lurkins over on 205 and Forgotten, maybe Forgotten Sons. I don't know. That's kind of a toss up. I don't know if they're going to give it to Undisputed necessarily. I think that might be um, part of a, a storyline about them failing throughout the night. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Breeze get the title, but I wouldn't mind Dream re- retaining either. So I would probably lean towards Dream retaining. Uh, EO, she's still a work in progress, so I wouldn't take the belt off of Baszler for her unless Baszler's coming up um, and then uh, biasly I'm going to pick Argana to retain uh, for my Cleveland boy, uh, but Adam Cole might be his time, we'll, we'll see, this is kind of got a, a couple toss-ups on it, so uh, kind of good to see a card that uh, have a, a few things that are harder to predict
0: Definitely agree. All right, Antonio, what is your prediction for those matches?
1: Um, I actually got uh Gargano beating um Adam Cole. I feel like he has a life prison sentence in NXT. I mean, I don't think he's never going anywhere, he's just too small unless he his contract runs out and he goes to AEW. So I have Gargano winning that. Um, the tag team champions, you said the Lost Profits against the Undisputed Era? Or the Street no,
0: no. Profits? Yeah, the Street Profits. Then uh, you have Arnie Larkin and Danny Burch. You have the Forgotten Sons. And you also have the Undisputed Era.
1: Okay. Well, the black team ain't winning, so it's WWE. I'm going to go with Undisputed Era. I mean, they've lost so many big, big spots on takeovers. This is ridiculous. they got to win something. So I have Undisputed area in that. And what are the other matches? Velveteen and Tyler Breeze? Yeah. Um, well, without interference, if it's just clean, that would be irresponsible booking uh, for Tyler Breeze to beat um, Velveteen. I think Velveteen would win in that match or shoot. So unless Belva team is going up and we don't know about it, I say Belva team dream will win that match. And Velveteen. for Baszler and Sharai, uh, Baszler was garbage in the UFC, and I think she's garbage in WWE. She needed like three people and four. Four, she needed like three people and four, you know, Bianca Belair. So, I just hope Shirai beats Baszler. She's whack. I mean, she's always she's so good. What she needs in affair. fair. So, um, so Dream against uh Tyler Breeze, and I got Anoki Shirai against um Baszler. Now, what other matches on the card?
0: Uh, Matt Riddle versus oh, what was those, the Roger other matches on the NXT takeover. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I like Matt Riddle, man. man.
1: That knee is vicious,
0: man. Yeah,
1: I think I like uh, Matt Riddle. That knee is kind of strong, man. I don't think you know what I mean. Roger Strong would be able to beat Matt Riddle. I like Matt Riddle, he has that UFC background. You know, um, I've been to 10 UFC fights in three countries, so I'm like a UFC guy at heart. So uh, I think Matt Riddle don't take that one. But JT, can we get two hours of NXT in just one hour after? of Raw, because Raw's been sucking ass lately. I think WWE need to give us two hours of NXT and one hour of Raw from now on. Maybe that would change things. It's a shame when developmental is better than the main roster, but yet the product doesn't suck. Your developmental is better than your main
0: roster. You know what? That that I will say. The NXT is definitely by far better than the main roster. Now, the rumor is when WWE does move the Fox, NXT will be acquired for a show. I, I, I don't think it will be live at all. Uh, it would definitely surprise me if they went live, but I think NXT will have a slot along along with their weekly uh, their weekly uh, Fox Sports One WWE uh, show. But uh, what that well, said... is it going to be on
1: Fox or Fox Sports One?
0: Well, Smack Smackdown Live is going to be on Fox and the I think NXT is going to be on Fox Sports 1. Oh, well, do you know
1: Fox has a contract with Smackdown if it don't reach a certain amount of ratings, they can cancel it. So, maybe this will get a lot of ratings since WWE is on regular TV and no one's seen nothing nothing like that before, but if it doesn't maintain, I think, 2.8 million viewers a week, Fox has the option to cancel. So right now, SmackDown is getting 1.9 to 2.2, so it might get canceled the first
0: year, buddy. Well, we'll we'll definitely see as the deal does take place in October. But with that being said, this has been Mr. Six Foot Nine Homeboy, Doug Douglas, and from No Marks Allowed, Antonio. This was episode number 68. That was our review of Double or Nothing and our uh, predictions for NXT. And we will see you next episode on episode 69.